Hello and welcome to another light reading podcast, the Notebook Dump edition. That means congratulations, you've made it through yet another work week. My name is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading. Hi, Phil. Uh, my name is Mike Dano. I'm also an editor here at Light Reading. And I'm Kelsey Zeiser, Finger Guns editor at Light Reading. <laughs> Finger Guns are blazing. <laughs> Hello, Kelsey. Hello, Mike. Thank you for being here. Um, gee, who's missing? Uh, that would be Nicole and Jeff, for one thing. Um, of course, Ian's missing, but it's late his time. Uh, he is going to be on the telecoms.com podcast. I'll put in a plug for them. Please go listen to Ian uh, Morris on the telecoms.com podcast. comes out every Monday. Um, and just a couple of hours ago, you may have seen uh, uh, Jeff and Nicole and... Uh, uh, Jamie Linderman from Omdia sitting around the table and discussing the SCTE Cable Tech Expo. And they did a really good job of wrapping up the show and talking about, uh, you know, Cable's pandemic moment and how it, you know, kind of jumped ahead. The, the, the whole industry sort of benefited from the PR surge that followed everybody being so dependent on broadband. But then they, uh, you know, kind of turned it around and talked about, uh, how this is a critical point for the industry now, you know, can they, can they ride that wave? Can they actually do some good and connect more people and uh, bridge the digital divide in some areas like they're, um, you know, supposedly wanting to. And uh, we also get an update from Jeff uh, and uh, Jamie on uh, the 10 G initiative in the cable business and uh, how pawn is doing overall uh, in cable. So it's a, it's a very good wrap up. Uh, if you're, if don't, don't, Click out of this just yet. Please keep watching. Yeah, but we, once we've you, got once fun stuff to say, it. Phil. Geez, <laughs> give us a chance. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah, but I, I, yeah, I, I, I want to. Came in I'm, with these today. I'm, <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, because you brought our finger guns. Yeah, <laughs> she did. She had them clean, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, that I I, I want to uh, do that because that 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 makes it so that we don't have to talk about uh, Cable Tech Expo at all. We we just did it. It's all finished. Okay. Um, so, so that's all I have for the week. Except uh, I do want to talk about eSIMs, but I also want to hear what you uh, what's what's uh, falling out of your notebook this week. Yeah, Kelsey. Uh, let's. Oh go, Kelsey. well, um, one thing that fell out of my notebook was a new iPhone. What guys? I kept my. Did other you stand one in line? <laughs> what's that? Did I steal it? <laughs> no, did you? Well, that. But <laughs> actually, don't don't answer that. I'm not. No. Uh, did you stand in line for it? Did you? Was there a big line? No. You know, that whole thing. I, I oh, should okay, have good. just for fun. But um, I got important things to do. So I just did a pre-order and it arrived yesterday and my husband signed for it. So he said it was technically his, <laughs> but I got it back. Um, and it said, I was uh, talking to Mike before we started recording that uh, for the satellite feature, there was a notice when I was, um, you know, turning it on, getting it updated and whatever uh, that the satellite feature would be available in the fall in select areas or where available. Ooh. So vague notice of, you know, don't get uh, into mountaintops a, yeah. and remote cliffs, yeah. I think. So, right. Is that the only, uh, yeah, I'll uh, postpone any like camping until maybe like November, December timeframe. And right. Yeah. yeah. Cause if you go out now, you're just completely unsafe. No. Totally I got to pack more yeah. than the, I got to pack some flares more finger guns. and my finger yeah. guns. <laughs> <laughs> finger flares. Finger flares. Finger flares. Yeah. I, well, congrats on your uh, your, your acquisition. Uh, what uh, uh, are you noticing anything about the performance of said phone? Is it is it peppier, faster? Uh, have you taken amazing pictures of the flowers in your front garden, or perhaps your dog? 
so far taken a lot of dog photos, which is um, part of the course for me. But um, I do notice like the photos seem like a lot crisper and there were a bunch of different settings you could choose from basically selecting uh, your own filters um, that you want uh, the camera to take. So it's yeah. like, do you like soft light? Do you like high contrast? Wow. And it kind of felt like going to the eye doctor where they're like, which is better one or two. Yeah. <laughs> right. You have to make an artistic choice at that point. Yeah. And that's very, that's very daunting when you're just trying to catch your dog sleeping, yeah. you know, that's a, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, how artistic am I feeling yeah. in this moment? Yeah. Yesterday Finley was like, paint me like one of your French girls on the couch. <laughs> But uh, anyway, yeah. um, I'm sure Fenley doesn't yeah. mind. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, the end videos are like a lot. I I actually got like a little nervous watching this video of people like petting like tigers and stuff yesterday because it, it really felt like they were coming out of the phone. I was like, dang, four years oh, wow. they've come a long way. I was like, this, this tigers are coming Wait, at so, me. <laughs> t- yeah, so just for. For those of us, for people just joining us um, and those who weren't listening too carefully. So tigers are coming out of your phone. What just happened? Sorry. I was just going through YouTube and there was like somebody petting like panthers and tigers and um, stuff. Okay. And it just was like so realistic. I was like, God, this is like making me a little anxious. These are the video capabilities. Is this AR, VR or something? Or is it, it wasn't. Just... It was just like the video was that good. And I guess I've had a bum phone for four years and I was like, wowee. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and it good. was fun seeing in the corner the 5G UW for uh, ultra wide band up there. So wow. Like, yeah. You really upgraded. I know. Kelsey, you, got yeah. the, you got the fancy gets... 5G. You got the satellite. You got all, all the things. The now. spectrum. Yeah. All the spectrum. So I got to say, you know, the iPhones come out every year and I'm, I'm never interested in them. But now with this one with the satellite thing, like I think that is really pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So lucky you. Yeah. I'm a little jealous. Yeah. Totally agree. But um, real quick, just speaking of acquisitions, <laughs> uh, Ericsson um, had an announcement uh, today about with an update to their Vonage acquisition. Um, which they announced in November of last year, and then they kind of put on Mm -hmm. hold, and then they decided to go ahead with it. So in July, they said it was official, but um, stay tuned for more information uh, coming soon to the site about about what the update is uh, this week um, for that $6.2 billion acquisition. And it sounds like they're really looking forward to utilizing um, Vonage's um, UCAS, CCAS, CBAS. (laughs) Oh, the sea bass. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know they were going to go that far, but no. sure. Yeah. Just the other basses, but I, I thought I'd throw so confused. sea bass in there too. Basically, you're, you're petting tigers on your phone. You're talking about sea bass. And I, I'm, wow. How yeah, a lot of Kelsey's having a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, they're unified communication services. Um, oh, okay. No, gotcha. no sea bass were hurt during this. UCAS. Yeah. Yes. Right. You- you know, I, um, I got to say that I just find that such a strange, I, 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 such a strange acquisition yeah. by Ericsson. I feel like I put it yeah. into the same bag of like Microsoft buying Skype and um, Verizon buying Blue Jeans. It's just it's acquisitions that I just I, I don't understand why they're making those purchases. Like, yeah. And here we've got like Dish Network trying to launch voice over 5G and they can't do it. Like it's too hard. So right this this voice calling technology like i i'm I'm not i don't i don't get it yeah like i don't mean why the ceo said it was to a building block 
this was back in July. He said it was a building block to their global network platform, which really doesn't say anything. Yeah. I feel like, but I mean, I get <laughs> it. Doesn't say Voice calling is important. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, so was Telcordia, but all that really ended up being was just a, a, a bunch of things they ended up either selling off or just milking for revenue long-term, you know? Um, so I kind of feel like this is going to be the same thing. Like, like, Microsoft must use some Skype technology and some of its new things, but yeah. it kind of killed Skype. Yeah, and you figure yeah. it must go into Teams somehow, but is that was that yeah. worth the acquisition? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, was it worth killing the whole, right. uh, you know, the fact that Skype was basically WhatsApp before WhatsApp. It was the de facto way for people to message and call one another outside of the carrier network. And then they just kind of killed it and made it lame and... Now nobody uses it that I know of. And that's kind of weird. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, Vonage. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we'll I'm sure out. it'll be great. <laughs> yeah, sure exactly. It'll be, sure it'll be fine. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, best of luck, Vonage, yeah. I guess is what I should have said. Um, yeah, well. Uh, uh, Mike, what, uh, what fell out of your notebook this week? Yep. Uh, uh, my, I think the thing I wanted to mention from going through my notebook was that on Monday, uh, the NTIA held a big spectrum event. And so for those of us who follow spectrum policy and surely it's, it's everybody has must be fascinated with <laughs> spectrum policy. Phil's looking around. I <laughs> can't find anyone. I'm telling you spectrum <laughs> policy. And so, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, NTIA is, is, you know, deep into all the, all the spectrum stuff. And during that event, they talked about, you know, what spectrum is going to be released next for 5g, where it's going to come from, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the whole event was still couched in that, that race to 5g language. And man, we, we do not need to hear about the race to 5g anymore. (laughs) That, that is just the. We need to really, really retire that whole phrase. Yeah. And it's still it's still widely used by all the DC policy people to talk about yeah. what they're doing. They, that is just not what's happening anymore. In fact, and here's my take, is that we should not be talking about race to 5G anymore. We should be talking about race to fiber mm. because that's where the money is going. All that money is going to go to fiber networks in the US. Yeah. And so if there is any race that's happening, it's a race to fiber right now. And, and I, I think the race to better connectivity is the like, like they're missing the big picture by zeroing in on a buzzword because, you know, any of the, you know, Asian countries and other countries, uh, you know, the Nordic countries have lapped us in fiber. And so has most of Europe, Asian countries have lapped us in 5G and everything wireless and will continue to do so. Um, you know, I, I think there's a point of pride that that politicians could take in you know, connecting the unconnected and also improving connectivity, you know, across the board. And there's many ways to measure that. And there's tons of ways to make that exciting and make people feel like, you know, we're in a better place than we, you know, now than we were two years ago, but they seem to only want to focus on, you know, the new, new thing, which is now the six-year-old new thing. (laughs) <laughs> that the industry doesn't much care about anymore because it's already deployed. They're already moving on to other things. Yeah, so. I mean, they, to, to their credit, though, they did talk about, there was a little discussion about 6G. So, Oh, good. Uh, yeah, even so. uh, DC policymakers are wrapping their heads around the idea that uh, they are going to have to prepare for 6G. So um, yeah. I figure we're, we're ending the race to 5G. Hopefully we'll begin the race to 6G sometime soon. 
That's Meanwhile, I crossed. mean, met, the metaverse is still a theoretical, uh, you know, thing that happens in PR reality. Um, the other uh, thing about that is that meta itself is laying off people because it can't, you know, uh, keep up with its own financial expectations because it's spending so much time dicking around in the metaverse and not actually building anything interesting. Um, or doing anything to help anybody. Mm -hmm. I wonder um, if somebody it, told them about Second Life. Remember, remember Second yeah. Life? That we already, we already Is have it. Is Zuckerberg even old like, enough to have seen that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe he finally found that and was like, why are we doing all this work when we already have Second Life? So I had yeah. to. It's been around for 10 years now. <laughs> quick sidebar I had to sign up for Second Life during a college course that this like grad student was running, and it was so clunky because like you know our bandwidth just like wasn't good enough to support it um so it took forever yeah. to like get in and out of the program and then actually move around in there and um it was just like really awkward um interacting with people in there <laughs> yeah like yeah and it's also just like who wants to spend all this time and money and energy setting up uh, scenarios where we get to go and see a shittier version of reality. Uh, and, and you can interact in real time. It's like, yeah, I can do that already. Like, you know, it you just, know. it doesn't seem like there's anything like there are just like VR, there's great, uh, individual commercial applications for it. Like I'm a huge fan of, uh, you know, training and, and, uh, glasses yeah. that have like schematics and, and, overlays for people who are fixing stuff. I think mm -hmm. that's amazing. V VR um, boxing is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's stuff like cool. that is, is fun. Yeah. But I mean, like it, but do you really need, you know, to take that next step, you know, this, this entirely immersive thing or isn't, isn't that good enough, you know, for, yeah. uh, for, wait, for what it is. Just wake me when we have that Star Trek holodeck. Like, right. I'll just, yeah, I'll just yeah. wait for that. The holodeck thing sounds fun. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh you know, I, another thing that, uh, well, actually, Mike, you wrote this story about a, a, a SIM, eSIM startup or an eSIM company that's kind of, uh, uh, I, I thought had one of the most uh, realistic uh, expectations around eSIM, you know, saying that it's not going to take over the world, but it does make uh, IoT and other devices, uh, you know, a lot more commercially viable because you can switch carriers and and you know, move them from one network to another as needed. That's a huge uh, benefit. Um, as a in the consumer world, like I, I think uh, so. I used an eSIM when I changed mobile phone carriers uh, a few months ago, and it was uh, it was I did go to the mobile phone carrier store when it, when it happened, and it made the process of switching carriers super easy. Like uh, arguably, I could have done it at home. But uh, I just went into the store, said, give me your best rate. They said, it's this. I said, cool, sign me up. Uh, I, you know, said all my details out loud so the guy could type it into a tablet and everybody in the store could hear it. That That's very helpful. <laughs> um, you know, protecting my privacy mm -hmm. as ever. Very secure. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a moron. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then once he did that, he was like, oh, look, you, he goes, what, what kind of phone do you have? And I said, oh, it's an iPhone. I don't know. And he said, oh, cool. And um, he said, it's got an eSIM in it. He goes, we'll just you know, reprogram it real quick. He just a few taps away and I was walked. And as I left the store, I was on uh, this other company's network and it, it literally took all of five minutes. And I just think, wow, that's, 
that was compelling to me because the last time that I changed carriers or had to even change phones, it was quite a, um, quite an ordeal, Mm -hmm. you know, open, opening packages and, you know, uh, you know, messing around with eSIMs and waiting for the guy to, to verify it on his tablet and then go to a register and decommission the other one. And, you know, just, just a lot of back and forth. It felt like a, a kind of a miniature NASA operation, (laughs) um, you know, with all the security involved. And this thing was just a guy in a tablet, you know, roaming around the store. And like I said, happened in less than five minutes. I was, I was in and out uh, very quickly. Um, I wonder if that's going to be the, the, the use case going forward. If, if people are just going to find that they can jump back and forth between carriers quickly enough that, uh, that it, that it becomes painless. And then once it becomes painless, maybe that adds more pricing pressure. I'm curious to see how that whole space evolve. I mean, well, uh, I'm, I'm sure that this move to eSIM is, is going to have implications and ramifications and that stuff, but I'm not real clear how much like quick change we're going to, we're going to see, you know what I mean? Early on. I think that, um, I mean, the big, the big thing to me is that, you know, you, you get a phone, but you have to pay it off. Kelsey, I'm sure you're now paying off your brand new shiny phone and, and you can't do anything until you pay it off. Like you can't switch carriers. So in, in, you know, in reality, you're sort of stuck with your current carrier for however long it's going to take you to pay off that, that new phone. And so, you know, that eSIM doesn't matter in that situation. You still have to pay off your phone before you can, yeah. you can switch. And so I think, you know, in, in those kind of situations, it's not, it's not going to have a big deal, but yeah, for probably switching carriers. I have read that um, if you're going to switch from iPhone to Android, then that becomes a lot more challenging, eSIM, right. regardless of eSIM. Yeah. And I'm sure that's intentional on Apple's part is that uh, if they're yeah. removing SIM cards, it's going to make it harder to get off the iPhone platform. Um, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It seems like they, cause Apple does have that way of kind of, uh, you know, they have a, a bunch of very, um, subtle lock-ins that when you take them all together, it just makes leaving anything Apple, you know, nearly impossible slash not worth the trouble. Um, yeah. and, uh, and so, yeah, that's the, that's the big drawback there. Yeah. Changing, changing back and forth between major operating systems is probably, Probably a pain. Probably, probably they're going to try to avoid or making that easy for you at all costs. Yeah. Apple, Apple will. You know, the one thing I got from that, the company we're talking about, I think is called Rip Sim, uh, which uh-huh. took me a while to figure out RIP Sim is rest in peace. Uh, that's, that's the name of their company. I, I right. didn't get it. Dead, it took me like several sim? days. Huh? Are they dead Sim? Is it dead? Yeah, dead. Yeah, they, they're, they're killing dead Sims, sims. Okay. essentially. Yeah. Which, because uh, they're, they're moving everything to eSIM, right, with their finger guns. And, um, but I thought the really interesting part, what I took away from them was that they talked about, you know, they're essentially giving carriers the opportunity to control their SIM, their eSIM business also by being able to create SIMs themselves. Mm -hmm. And currently if, if Verizon wants to create a SIM card, they, they go to their SIM card manufacturers, which are all based in, you know, foreign countries. And SIM cards have become sort of the de facto identification standard. You know, it's all secondary only to driver's license or passports for most yeah. Americans. And so the opportunity for a carrier to create that, you know, key piece of security uh, information, I think, is is a pretty interesting prospect. And I think one that will 
that carriers will be interested in, you know, to be able to control that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. With them having the ability to put, uh, I, I would think time to market would be a factor there. And they could, once they have a, uh, you know, a, a supplier or somebody with a, a, a business model that they want to support, they could uh, get to market much more quickly than having to, you know, fewer partners involved, uh, less time to market. And then they control more of the process and arguably more more of the uh, profits on the other end. Presumably, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, anything else uh, that, that's, that's going on or that you guys were uh, 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 pondering this week? I got a like, really interesting uh, pitch that I definitely think we should cover. Um, apparently, New York is the number eight state, best state for fishing. Uh, of pH fishing no, or like actual, like oh. circling back to the sea bass. That kind of oh, okay. <laughs> cause I, cause I was thinking that was the Canary Islands or whatever, <laughs> you know, one of those weird, uh, offshore things, yeah. but, uh, oh good. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we're getting those pitches in the inbox. Yeah, uh, what, do, what are they? So I guess, I mean, I'm not, I'm not arguing the point. I'm sure New York is great for fishing. Um, <laughs> what, what, what parameters do you think they, they used for that? Well, they've got a, their full ranking and analysis is available at lawnlove.com. Oh, good. Uh, but right. it said well, some key metrics. Sure not to check that um, they are fourth in number of bass fishing clubs, first in coastal or landlocked landscape, fourth in number of free fishing days, and 22nd in bait and tackle shops per 100,000 residents. It's pretty interesting metrics there, especially that bait and tackle shop. Yeah, I was about to say I don't. I, 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 I'm sure they can assert this with authority because I've never actually seen that stat anywhere, and I have no idea why anybody would want to track. Like, who's compiling this? (laughs) I know, I know, boy. You think you think uh, Omdia research is beaten down? Wait, wait till you, wait till you meet the guy who has to track bait and tackle shops. (laughs) I'm just kidding, resident. Uh, you guys aren't listening to this, anymore, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, that's, that's, uh, well, I don't know. I, I guess we could, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Maybe we'll see if the rankings change this time next year. Let me see who's Maybe we on. need to take a trip to New York to yeah. see if, if that's true or not. Can you guys bet, guess who ranks first, which state? Any thoughts? I'll guess Colorado. Okay. Phil? Um, let's see. Uh, New Mexico. Interesting. It's Florida. Oh, okay. Uh, well done. Col- let's see. Colorado is twenty six. Well, wait, what is in the Grand Canyon? Then that's in Arizona. So, <laughs> but, but I mean, all those all those canyons are not filled with water and fish and not stuff. Anymore. There's, there's no water in New Mexico. That's about it. <laughs> Um, New Mexico is 45th. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that was a bad and guess. The last place, <laughs> District of Columbia. <laughs> right, because they just have that. Uh, they just have that pond in between the two monuments, and that's <laughs> it. Right. <laughs> that they one that everybody the sticks, swamp, sticks so their feet in. Right, they're oh, always draining gross. the swamp, so there's no yeah. fish left. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's funny. So you're welcome for that. Um, well, great. I'm glad we're up to date on all this. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Who cares? Um, all right. Well, it is Friday. You've you've made it this far. Uh, let's see. Next uh, next week we will uh, 
the three of us actually will be at the uh, Mobile World Congress Las Vegas uh, trade show. So we'll be seeing what the industry is uh, up to uh, from that point of view. Uh, I'm going to suggest probably gambling and being really uncomfortable in between appointments because it's going to be very, very hot. And uh, that is actually a desert. There were very few fish <laughs> yeah. uh, that we're going to encounter there. Uh, Do you guys so have a anyway. good uh, Elvis impersonation? No. No? Uh, Thank you very much. Not even close. No. no I got nothing. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's enough of that going around. But you know what? I bet I bet, I bet, bet we can find you someone in Vegas who okay. does. Uh, several. You know, maybe a whole carload of them. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to that and, uh, we'll probably do this, uh, this here recording, uh, in a press room in Vegas, uh, sometime next week. Uh, but until then, that is your notebook dump for the work week ended September 23rd. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Thanks.